Welcome to Instant Mom, navigating solo adoptive and foster motherhood while attempting a go at sanity. So today we are going to talk about items that you need to get ready for baby. I had thought about um, putting this episode as part of a uh, question and answer two-parter that I'm doing up next, Uh, but then I thought that this episode could be really helpful to all kinds of mothers, even if they um, are not in foster care or they're not thinking of adopting. Um, So I thought I would do this as a standalone. That way, if you are an expectant mama or you know somebody who is pregnant, uh, you can send it to them and they don't have to listen to a bunch of foster care specific information if they don't want to. Um, So the baby industry is insane, basically. (laughs) Like the baby gear industry just wants your money. And so they kind of prey on your fears and your insecurities to get you to drop thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on things that this tiny human doesn't need. And in some cases can be kind of harmful or counterproductive. I know this subject really, really well. There aren't a ton of things that I'm great at in life. Like I'm mostly average at most things, but knowing what you need to get a baby set up, knowing what you need the first year of a baby's life, knowing how to handle that, I'm kind of a pro. So I've had eight babies uh, in the past four years, and every single baby has been um, what I would classify as a difficult baby. So they've all been born exposed to opioids. They've all gone through um, withdrawal from opioids. So they're kind of um, more fussy than normal. They're more sensitive than the average baby. So I feel like not only do I know a lot because I've done this eight times, but I've done this with the most quote unquote difficult babies that there are. So I feel like if it's worked for these babies that are overly sensitive to stimulation and really hard to calm, then it's definitely going to work for a more typical child who isn't necessarily born with some of those considerations. Um, My first placement, I did not listen to the wiser women who told me that babies did not need a lot of crap. I went bananas. Like, I think I was in Bye Bye Baby, I don't know, probably once or twice a week for months leading up to my first placement because you're excited and you want to look at all the cute baby gear and it's adorable and it's just fun to set it all up. But I kind of wish I just had that money back because I ended up buying a bunch of stuff that just never got used and wasn't useful. And I've definitely wised up with each placement. Um, To catch some of you up, if you're just starting to listen to this podcast, uh, I haven't had a foster babe in my home for about a year. Um, I adopted my son, Jack, and we moved into a new home and, and I started a new job. So we're just sort of settling into our lives and enjoying sort of the calm of just the two of us in this household. But Um, starting in the springtime, we will be opened up for a long-term placement and potentially um, doing adoption again if the opportunity presents itself. So I've been starting to gear up and get ready for a baby again. Um, And each time I have a baby... When they, are, when they leave my home to be reunited with a family member, or if they go on to another foster home for some reason, I send almost all of the baby stuff with them. Because a lot of times if they're being reunited with biological family, that family um, might not be super well off. Um, they're kind of facing their own struggles and dealing with whatever trauma or neglect or abuse got the baby into foster care in the first place. Uh, Maybe they're fighting off um, some addiction issues. Like the last thing they need to worry about is 
oh my God, how am I going to come up with all of this money to buy all of this stuff the baby needs? So I send car seats and strollers and playpens and bottles and I mean everything, which means that I've had to buy from scratch eight times in a row now, which gets really costly. So this time around, I got everything, and I mean everything, nursery furniture, to bottles, to formula, to clothes, to toys, everything for under $400, which just to put that in perspective, like there are lots of cribs that are more than $400. So what some of you might be considering spending on a single crib, I got literally everything that a baby needs. So I thought I would share some tips and tricks and talk about some specific products that um, seem to be the hot, trendy products that I think are totally useless and you might as well just burn your money Um, and some not so obvious things that I have found extremely helpful that might not be on your registry list. So my first tip is to shop used. So I used to be a total snob about this and I was like, gross, I'm not going to like a secondhand store. That's nasty. And that's what poor people do. And uh, that's a really terrible thing to say, but I used to be a terrible person. That's just the truth. (laughs) Like, A, so what if it's what poor people do? Like, why did I think that people who don't have as much money as I do were somehow just like inherently gross? That's a terrible thing that I thought and said. And also, it isn't just people without a lot of money who shop there. It's people who would rather spend their money on other things um, than a brand new baby bathtub that's going to set them back $60. Uh, in our area, they have um, a chain of stores called Once Upon a Child. I think they're national. And I have found such great deals there. So often I find things that are still literally brand new with tags on them, um, things that are still in boxes. And even the things that are actually used when you're buying for an infant, especially, they've only been used for a couple of months because sometimes that's all you can use these products for. So you can't even tell that they've been used and you're saving, you know, sometimes 50, 60, 70, 80% on this stuff. So totally worth it. Um, in my area, there are three once upon a child locations that are within like a 10 mile distance of my house. And I will go to all three of them because they each have different stocks. So usually between the three of them, I can find everything I need, um, and a really great selection. So definitely consider shopping used. And the other thing that's great about shopping used is the stuff is already assembled. This is huge guys. Um, the number one biggest pain in the butt when shopping for baby gear is assembling it all. Cribs are hard to assemble. Even the little things like the bouncy seats that seem like they should be really easy are not easy to assemble. Bassinets are a pain in the ass to assemble. And especially for me as a single foster mom on the actual instruction manuals, In fact, I saw this on the instruction manual of a bassinet I was putting together the other night. It says that you need two adults to do it. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't have a second adult, Mr. Instruction Manual Writer. I have myself and a toddler who is trying to eat the screws. So so if you buy used, this stuff is already assembled and you literally just put it in your car and drive away with it and then put it in the nursery and it saves you a ton of hassle. So sometimes even if um, even if I could buy a $1,000 crib for free, I would still opt for used because it's done for me. So it's a definite perk. 
The other tip I have is to borrow. So as I mentioned a second ago, some of these products you can literally only use for three months once a baby starts rolling over or once a baby gets slightly bigger. I mean, you just, you literally can't use these products anymore. A bassinet is a really good example. There are bassinets that go for literally thousands of dollars. I will talk about one of those in a minute. But you can only use those bassinets until the baby starts to roll over. And for a lot of babies, that happens at three months. So you're spending thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars on something for 90 days, which is just dumb. <laughs> so um, if you're on Facebook or if you have other mom friends, um, it's worth joining some of those local mom groups and asking around um, because a lot of mothers are happy to lend out their bassinets that they're not using anymore, but they'd still like to hang on to for a second baby. Um, I know I've lent my stuff out um, and I've been on the receiving end of that. So definitely borrow some of the stuff that you can only use for a short window of time. So to talk about some of the basics that you need, there's a lot of stuff out there that is adorable and it sounds like it would be really helpful, but you definitely don't need it. So I'm just going to talk about the bare necessities, but that sounds negative when I say bare necessities. I don't mean like your baby won't have everything they need and you're just barely getting by with this stuff. I mean, this is really all a baby needs. Like a baby does not need much at all. So you can certainly buy other fun stuff and gadgets, but they're really for the adults and it's not anything that benefits the baby. And sometimes I think they're more pain than they're worth for the adults. So here are some things that you definitely need. And in my opinion, these are really the only things you need. So the first one is a crib, obviously. The only safe place for a baby to sleep is by themselves, on their back, with literally nothing around them. Um, so you definitely need a crib. Um, there are some really fantastic cribs that are super inexpensive. They're high design. They look really modern. Uh, they meet the safety standards. The Ikea crib is really great. And it's, I think like less than a hundred dollars. Um, and I think it's a beautiful, like super modern designed crib. Of course, you have to put the thing together, which is a nightmare, um, but you can buy one that's really inexpensive. But I also find a lot of used cribs at baby stores, like Once Upon a Child, for literally $40. And again, because you know maybe they were only in it for a couple of months before they went to um, a toddler bed or a bigger crib, like you can, you can use them or find them without a lot of wear and tear. So obviously, you need a crib. The second thing that you definitely need, well, I shouldn't say need, you can get by without this, but the thing that I consider a need is a bassinet. So um, I actually, for the first couple of months, will keep the baby in the bedroom with me in a bassinet by my bed. Um, because when you are waking up every two to three hours constantly for months on end, even walking a very short distance from your room to the nursery adds time that you are awake. <laughs> And as you will find out, if you don't already know, every second counts. Like if somebody told me I could sleep for an extra 30 seconds, that would matter to me. <laughs> so I always keep the baby next to me in a bassinet. Um, one of the really popular bassinets that has kind of become like the must-have item for new moms is the Halo bassinet. And I hate it, guys. First of all, it's several hundred dollars. So again, you're spending several hundred dollars on something that you can only use until your baby starts rolling over. So about three months or so. And I thought it was terrible. Like even if it was free, I thought it was really awful. Um, the Halo Bassinet, for those of you who don't know, 
the big sort of selling point is that it has this, um, this the side wall of the bassinet um, is kind of like, I don't know, I don't even know what the material is, but you can push down on it and the wall sort of collapses. The thinking is that it's really easy to like roll over in bed, press down on the wall and just kind of easily get your baby out of the bassinet. Um, particularly the selling point is for mothers who have just given birth or had a C-section and it's just painful for them to like sit up in bed and reach over and get the baby and then pull the baby over to them. Now, I obviously have never given birth, so I can't say for sure if this is helpful for women who have had a C-section or given birth vaginally, but um, I thought it was terrible. Like the sidewall actually does not collapse easily at all. And so I could never just, you know, like roll over and push it down with my arm. I would have to sit up and get up anyway. And I just thought it was a massive pain in the butt. And the halo bassinet's legs, like the legs of the bassinet, are super like wide and it's really heavy and bulky. Um, And in fact, it couldn't even like fit, I couldn't even push it through the doorways of my bedroom because the legs are so wide. So if I wanted to move it from room to room, I would have to literally disassemble the whole thing and carry it in two separate pieces and reassemble it again in whatever room I wanted to move it to. And I, at least, and I think a lot of parents um, end up moving bassinets a lot because you have them in your room at night, but then maybe during the daytime, you want them in the living room where you can watch TV or keep an eye on the toddler and the baby can still sleep in it safely um, or whatever, you you know, you want them to be portable. And so to have to like disassemble this thing, drag two super heavy pieces into a different room and reassemble it again was ridiculous. So sorry, Halo crib people. I think your product is a piece of junk (laughs) and I wouldn't buy one or I wouldn't take one if you gave it to me for free. So my favorite bassinets are the really cheapo, lightweight bassinets. Um, You can type in bassinet on Amazon and you can find them for $60 to $80 and they're perfect because they're super lightweight. A lot of them um, are collapsible. So if you take baby out with one hand, you can collapse it and then just like super easily tote it to the next room. I mean, they literally weigh like six pounds. It's fantastic. Um, But they're really sturdy. And they're unobtrusive, like they're just really small and they don't take up a lot of space in your room and they're not this giant, bulky, um, ugly piece of baby furniture that's taking over your room. So I love the cheap bassinets um, and you can find them used at all of these places everywhere. They're like an item that I find all the time for sometimes 20 bucks. So definitely do that. And again, you can only use them for a few months anyway. So like go cheaply. Uh, The second thing that you definitely need are swaddles. So all of my babies have loved the swaddles. Not all babies do, but I think the majority at least benefit from swaddles when they are teeny tiny newborns. Um, I tried to use actual swaddling blankets where you like old school style have to fold it and origami the baby into this burrito yourself. And after eight babies, I still can't do it securely enough to where I feel like they're not just going to kick off the blanket in the middle of the night and accidentally suffocate themselves. So I love the brands and there are lots of different brands, Swaddle Me and the Sleep Sack, where you literally like put a baby in a pocket and then you Velcro the sides of the swaddle. They're 
idiot proof. They're really secure. You can get them nice and snug. You can swaddle them with your baby's arms in. You can take the baby's arms out if they prefer it that way. And it's easy. So when you're exhausted in the middle of the night, it's kind of a no-brainer to get the baby in and out. Um, For pacifiers, just buy one pack of pacifiers. Just get like one pack that has two or three Um, because a lot of babies don't like pacifiers. So if you buy a bunch of the cute ones, they're not super expensive, but they just kind of collect dust. So I just buy one pack. And then if my babies do like them, I can buy more so I don't lose them. But uh, none of mine ever did. Um, The other thing to ask is uh, when you're leaving the hospital, um, to ask the hospital for the pacifiers that they use there. They're those big, green, sort of ugly pacifiers Um, but those are the ones that I have found that if a baby will take it, even for just a few seconds while I'm holding it, that's the one they prefer over sort of the plastic cute ones that you find in a baby store. And the hospital will give you like an entire bag of them for free. So (laughs) definitely ask for those. Um, burp cloths. So this is another one where, um, I see like cute burp cloths all the time. And again, they're terrible. So the cute burp cloths that you see in the baby stores that have these adorable little patterns are usually really narrow. And they are like this weird kind of material where they're too thick to get into like the crevices of baby's neck and mop up all of the formula that gets stuck in there. Um, And they're just like, they're, I hate them. (laughs) Again, like they're cute, but they're worthless. So my favorite kind of burp cloth is actually a cloth diaper. So they're the super old school cloth diapers. Again, if you're on Amazon and you just search um, uh, cloth diaper burp cloth, they'll come up. They're just these plain, giant oversized rectangles of fabric. And they're great because they're thin enough, like I said, to kind of like get into the baby's little neck rolls when the formula gets in there and you need to mop it up. But they're thick enough to when baby spits up an entire bottle, it doesn't soak through your clothes. And again, they're really inexpensive. So those are the way to go. Of course, your baby needs a bottle if you're not breastfeeding. And obviously, if you're fostering or adopting, you definitely need bottles. This is the one area where I actually recommend a more expensive product. So the Dr. Brown bottles, I think, are hands down the best. So again, with the babies that I've had who have been born um, with opioids in their system, a lot of times they have trouble eating. Um, Sometimes they overeat. um, They oftentimes have really bad reflux. um, Sometimes they can have problems sucking and swallowing. um, And, and it's, they're just, they can just be really fussy eaters and difficult to deal with like reflux and gas issues. And the Dr. Brown bottles I think are fantastic because they have this little vent on the inside of them, this plastic vent that keeps all of the air out of the bottle. Um, so they're just getting the formula. They're not getting any air and the flow of the formula is really controlled to where they're not able to just like, um, overfeed and choke down all this formula too fast, which upsets their little tummies. And the, the, they do have the option of you can take out the vents. So as your baby gets older, or if your baby really um, doesn't have problems and needs to have more of a, a greater flow than what the Dr. Brown bottles with the vents provides, you can just take the vents out and use them like a normal bottle. 
They are more expensive than the other bottles that you can find. They're about $25 for a pack of four bottles. And I really like to get at least 12 bottles so that I'm not always having to wash bottles in between feedings. And and that way I only have to really wash bottles once a day. So, you know, you're spending a considerable, you're spending about a hundred bucks on bottles, but oh man, like if you can eliminate um, as much of the feeding upset as you can, that is huge. So Dr. Brown bottles are the only bottles that I will buy. Uh, for formula. So this, I didn't actually realize until probably halfway into my foster care journey. And I felt like an idiot when I realized it, but I would always go for the name brand formula. So Enfamil Gentilese is what I would always get. Um, sort of the most expensive formula you can get. And it's like $35 for about a week's supply. And it got really, really expensive. And then my pediatrician told me, don't feel bad about buying generic, like get the Walmart version, because by law, the generic version has to be the exact same formula of the name brand version, just like medications. So I was like, oh my God, how did I not know this? So yeah, if you get the Walmart gentle formula, if you look at the back of the the label with the ingredients, which I have, it's the exact same thing as the Enfamil Gentilese, and it's like a third of the price. So uh, we do generic formula all the way, no regrets. Um, but obviously on this one, go with what, with what your pediatrician recommends because some babies have to be on a very specific formula for whatever reason. So, um, you know, this kind of goes without saying, but uh, don't listen to me over your doctor. <laughs> but um, if your baby doesn't have any special concerns and your pediatrician is like, yeah, whatever formula you want is great with me, um, always go for the generic because they have to be identical and you save so much money. Um, obviously your baby needs a hygiene kit. So you can get, you know, from Target in this little plastic carrying case, a kit with like nail clippers and a nasal syringe and a comb. Um, a lot of people like the baby Frida nose plunger thingy. Again, it's kind of expensive and it's the system where this is so gross. Like even as a parent, this still grosses me out. Um, so non-parents just beware. I'm about to talk about something that's really gross. You like put this tube in your baby's nose and you literally suck out the snot through the straw with your mouth. Like I can't, I can't, I can't. I think it's disgusting and I think it's a great way to make yourself sick. (laughs) Um, And the little um, nasal syringe that you can just buy for like 99 cents at the baby supply store, the little bulb syringe, I think works way better. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're into sucking out snot with a straw, I guess go for it. I don't want to rob you of your joy, but, um, no, thank you. I will stick with my cheap bulb syringe and not gross myself out. Uh, you do need a baby bathtub and uh, baby lotion and baby wash. There are so many fancy baby bathtubs out there. It's ridiculous. Like I saw one the other day that was almost a hundred dollars And it's just a piece of molded plastic that you fill up with water. And this one had like a fancy thermometer that tells you if it's too hot or too cold. But here's the thing, like your skin tells you if the water is too hot or too cold and it's free and it's always around and it's not going to break and it doesn't need batteries. So um, yeah, I think you can get like the $8 baby bathtub that you find at the Walmart it does not need to be fancy. And if you want to know how hot or cold the water is, 
just like put the back of your wrist in the water and then you'll find out and it'll be great. Um, this is another way that they get you with the cute factor is the cute little baby towels and the cute little baby washcloths and they make great photo ops, but again, they're totally useless because all of those little baby towels are super, super thin and they're not absorbent at all. And they leave those annoying little like residues that the cheap towels always give you of like all the little fibers on you. I hate them. They're terrible. I've never used a single adorable baby towel. I've bought lots of them. I've been given lots of them and always I end up throwing them out because they're terrible. They're just not absorbent and your baby's cold and (laughs) it's terrible. So I just use whatever towels I use. Um, They do the job better. I always like to have a bouncy chair or some kind of swing so that you've got another place to put the baby um, if they're not in their crib or their bassinet. Um, It's really nice if you're cooking dinner, you can put them on the counter in the um, little bouncy chair. Obviously keep an eye on them. Don't do this unsupervised. Um, And it's a nice place for them to get a different perspective um, rather than being flat on their back or on their tummy and to play. But bouncy chairs, again, you can find these at the Once Upon a Child locations for $15, $20. So that's half the price of where you can of what you can buy um, retail. And again, like they look like they've never ever been used. So that's great. Um, a few baby toys and a playmat, but people really go overboard with the playmat and the baby toys. Like again, this is where I see fancy playmats that are, you know, the pottery barn playmats that are nearly two hundred dollars. Here's the thing, and I want you to listen carefully to this. A playmat is just a giant towel that your baby is going to poop and throw up on. That's all it is. Like no matter how cute it looks when it's out of the box, they're going to poop all over it and they're going to throw up all over it and it's going to get gross. And so it doesn't really matter how adorable it is at the beginning. So uh, again, this is another great um, secondhand store buy. I see so many play mats. Um, so I, I definitely would recommend getting them there or just getting your basic play mat with a couple of dangling toys. Don't get the fancy one because it'll just be disgusting by the time your baby is a year old anyway. Um, and same with baby toys. Like, uh, But the toy that a baby benefits the most from is your face. Like, you know, being able to play with them, with your expressions and making silly noises. Um, and anything is a baby toy. Like, that's the cool thing, right? As long as it's safe and they're not going to choke on it or hurt themselves. Um, so I like to get a few things, rattles or those little books that make a crinkly noise. But again, like a, a small baby does not need an entire toy box full of toys. Um, so don't go crazy on that stuff. Um, a baby carrier. A baby carrier is a must have. I think that babies sleep better and are generally happier when they can be close to you as often as possible. I prefer the baby Bjorn. It is no frills. It's classic. It's been around forever, but I think it looks really attractive. It's just like really modern and sleek looking. Some of the baby carriers look like you're taking the baby on a 75 day trek through the Himalayas. (laughs) Like I don't want to look like I'm going hiking in 1979 when I'm holding my baby. And they're kind of unflattering. Like I don't need extra padding and weight on me. 
And a lot of the carriers are also hard to get on. Um, I don't like the sling wraps. I don't like the fabric wraps that you have to origami yourself into. Um, I got conned by the adorable Solly baby wraps, S-O-L-L-Y, because they have all these really beautiful fabrics and patterns. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are so cute. Uh, I'm totally going to use these. And they are cute. Like the fabrics are super cute. And it looks cute for about five seconds when your baby is in it, but it, they, the baby really like never felt secure in them. It was fine if I was just sitting on the couch or like walking around the house, but if I was doing anything beyond that, I felt like the whole thing was just going to like drop in a second. Like the, I don't know, just the baby never felt secure because I think with the fabric wraps, there's just not a lot of structure inherently because they're just pieces of cloth. Um, so that's why I really like the Baby Bjorn because it is a structured fabric carrier. So they've got that neck and that head support and um, it has all of these snaps and locks. So you know that your baby is super secure in it, but it's still really sleek and minimal. Not like some of the other structured baby carriers where again, it's like you're going hiking through the Himalayas. So I really love the Baby Bjorn. You also find a lot of them at Once Upon a Child for $20. Um, I think retail, they're like 80 bucks. So they're great. And because they're fabric still, you can, or they're mostly fabric, they have like plastic snaps and things, um, but you can throw them in the washing machine and it's great. Um, the other reason why I like it is they're super quick to get on. Um, you kind of put them on like a backwards backpack and you throw baby in it. Um, with some of the fabric carriers, I felt like when the baby started crying and I was trying to get the baby carrier on, it would take me like a minute or two to actually like, okay, all right, let's even out the fabric and then let's wrap it around my waist and then throw it around my shoulders. And then I've got to make this little pocket and then I've got to like slowly, very carefully get baby in there. And the baby's screaming its head off, waiting for me to figure this thing out. Um, And I'd have to adjust it and it just, it took too long. Um, and the same thing goes with taking baby out of the carrier too. I think that getting a baby out of a fabric carrier was really difficult too. Um, whereas with a baby Bjorn, you can just like, it's hard to describe if you actually don't have one on, but basically you can just lean forward, put the baby down on a surface and then slip them out. Um, so I just thought it was easier. Love the baby Bjorn. Um, another thing that you definitely need is a travel system. So a travel system is a car seat and stroller combo. So it's an infant car seat, the kind that you carry by the handle, and it also snaps into a stroller. And this is a really big lifesaver because so many times if you're out running errands, um, or you're going out somewhere, baby falls asleep in the car. And instead of having to wake baby up and take them out of the car seat and put them into a sort of bassinet style stroller. You just take the car seat out of the car and plop it into the stroller and baby never has to be moved or woken up. Um, this I think is worth spending a little bit more money on. Although, um, the kind that I like and the the version that I've been buying for the past four years is pretty inexpensive. It's the Graco, um, a snug ride system, and they have several models within that category. Um, some more basic, some a little bit more expensive, but it's pretty inexpensive. I think the Graco snug ride system for the combo, which is again the infant car seat, the base, and then the stroller, is like one hundred and thirty dollars or so. Um, but you can get very expensive car seat and stroller combos um, 
and I just don't think they're worth it again. Um, um, a lot of them, it's just expensive because of style points. Like they look a little bit more sleek and nicer, but um, they're not necessarily any safer than an inexpensive model. But again, a stroller is the one thing that you will use for many, many years. Obviously the infant car seat, your child will outgrow um, usually around their first birthday, but the stroller that that you end up purchasing, you can use until the kid is four, five, six years old. So if you are going to invest in one thing, I would make it the stroller because that you can keep for many, many years and those get really beat up and they go lots of places. There's a lot of wear and tear. So it does make sense to really research that purchase. Um, I found, found that it was a lot like buying a car. There are just so many different brands and styles and models and categories and um, there's just a lot to figure out and a lot of different things based on what you like and how tall you are and what kind of activities you're doing. Um, so that is worth um, slowing down and really stopping to, to understand your options and spending more money if you think that that option is, is going to be best for you in the long term. Um, some other things that you might not realize that you need that I think are certain, I can't talk, that I think are super important are blackout curtains. So in the nursery, you definitely want to invest in blackout curtains that totally block out any sunlight so that your baby can get used to understanding night and day and uh, your baby can get used to um really a nice dark environment so that they can sleep really well because nothing is worse than putting a baby down for a nap in the middle of the day and it's really bright and sunny and they're just not having it. Jack still sleeps with blackout curtains and um, he probably will until the day he moves out of this house. Uh, A white noise machine is also fantastic. So you can turn a white noise machine up pretty loudly. Babies really like that noise and it covers up a lot of the household noise that might startle them. Otherwise, sudden noises like doors slamming or things like that. Um, and again, it's one of those signifiers of sleep. Like Jack still sleeps with the white noise machine. Here, I'll play it now. He's asleep now. Ah, isn't that soothing? And when the white noise machine comes on, he knows, okay, it's time for bed. <laughs> um So not only does it actually help them sleep better because it masks the other noise, but as they get older, they associate that noise with sleep and therefore um, can go down easier. Okay, so a few things that I think are really dumb and I would strongly caution you against buying, even though you may be very highly pressured into buying these things. So controversial opinion time. Do not buy bottle warmers and wipe warmers. It's not only a waste of money, but you are starting a really bad habit that is not going to help your baby, but it's definitely going to inconvenience you. (laughs) Um, So this is like a bad idea all around. You're wasting money, you're making it harder for yourself, and you're not helping your child. Um, Bottle warmers are stupid. <laughs> like some people say, "Oh, well, my, you know, my baby takes the bottle better when it's warm." That's because you have conditioned to take the to, to give a bottle when it's warm. So, of course, if all of your baby all your baby knows is a warm bottle, they're only going to want to take warm bottles. Um again, all of the babies I have had have been particularly difficult. And if any baby needed, quote unquote, a warm bottle, it would have been one of my eight. And they all got cold from the refrigerator bottles and they all took them beautifully. Um, 
And also this will just save you a lot of time in the middle of the night. Again, uh, you know, you're exhausted. You've been up every two to three hours. The last thing you want to do, especially when your baby is screaming his head off, is to go and warm up a bottle. Um, And then also when you're out running errands, you have to think like, oh crap, I don't have a portable bottle warmer with me. Although I'm sure that is product somebody makes at this point. And then what are you going to do then? If your baby has only been conditioned to take a bottle when it's warm, now you're going to have a battle, a bottle battle (laughs) um, when you don't have it on you. So just no bottle warmers. In fact, just straight from the fridge, my baby's got cold bottles. And same with wipe warmers. Like wipes are not that cold. You're keeping them at room temperature. I'm assuming your house isn't freezing. (laughs) Again, um, you know, if you have a wipe warmer, you're just conditioning your kid to only like sit still or lay still for a warm wipe. It's not needed. Like just don't. Um, so I mentioned earlier the bassinet that costs, uh, $1,500 confession. I bought this bassinet. (laughs) I fell for the marketing. I did. I fell for it. Um, you know, I will buy anything that says it will help me sleep better and help the baby sleep better. Because when you are a single woman who has not ever taken a maternity leave and you have a toddler and a newborn, and you have to get up and go to work every single day on three hours of sleep, you would sell your soul to Satan himself if he said that you could sleep for an extra 32 seconds. So I bought the bassinet. I spent $1,500 to buy this bassinet. And I will admit, it's a beautiful bassinet. Very sleek, very mid-century modern, uh, goes with any decor. I mean, it just looks pretty and it looks expensive. And I was like, yeah, I got the snoo, you know, kind of like feeling like a snob. Did not like it. Did not like it at all. So the whole thing with the snoo, for those of you who don't know, is that it senses your baby crying, it hears your baby crying. And when your baby starts to cry, the snoo wiggles your baby back and forth, kind of like how you would if you were rocking your baby or bouncing your baby. And the idea is that the baby then calms down because they're like, oh, yay, I'm being rocked. I like this motion. And instead of having to get up in the middle of the night every time your baby gets a little fussy, the snoo can cut down on some of that by essentially rocking the baby for you. Now, look, I don't have any problem with this on theory. There are some women who I've seen um, say like, oh, that's terrible. I don't want my baby rocked by a robot. How heartless, how cruel. Um, whatever. (laughs) Again, desperate times call for desperate measures. So I'm definitely not against this in theory. I just didn't think it worked. Um, You know, I think the reason why rocking and bouncing your baby calms them when they're fussy isn't just the motion, although of course the motion does help, but it's that they're being, you know, cradled in your soft, warm arms and they're feeling and hearing your heartbeat and they're smelling your smell. And obviously, the snoo can only do one of those things, which is the actual motion. So, like, sometimes it would help buy me a few seconds, but it's not the same as actually rocking a baby. And so I don't think it actually worked at all. Um, And then also, (coughs) for my babies, because they were um, withdrawing a lot of times too much motion, overstimulated them and irritated them. And so as their cries would increase and the snoo would sort of rock them more and more, um, 
that actually was not helpful to these babies and they would get more and more ticked off. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was kind of worthless and didn't actually help at all and just became a really beautiful and very expensive piece of furniture. Um, and so I ended up giving mine away. Um, the snood now does let you rent them. I still think they're like $150 a month, but that's obviously better than just spending $1,500 for something again, that you can only use until the baby starts to roll over. So if you're interested, you might just want to rent it for a month and then see if you like it or, um, you know, see if somebody else in your neighborhood, in your community has one, uh, like me that they would let you have or borrow, um, even for a couple of nights to see if it works because, uh, I did not think it worked and I would much rather have spent $1,500 on a night nanny (laughs) than a bassinet. Um, so that did not work. Uh, the other thing I want to rant about is the Docatot. Uh, Docatot is basically like a giant body pillow that babies can rest in. I think this is the dumbest idea and the biggest waste of money. So here's why. First of all, um, if your ba- and your baby can only lay down on it, right? They shouldn't lay down on their tummies in it because it's really soft and fluffy. And babies shouldn't be on their tummies on a soft and fluffy surface because they can easily suffocate. So, okay, so your baby can only be on their back in this thing. Well, your baby can also be on their back on the floor (laughs) um, or in their crib or in their bassinet. So I don't know that I need another device that is $200 for my baby to lay on its back, number one. Number two, it's not safe for a baby to sleep in a dock tot Again, because it's soft and fluffy and it has these giant bumpers on all sides of it, um, it kind of violates every sleep safe standard that the American pediatric society association, I forget which one it is now, um, recommends for safe sleep. Now I know a lot of parents do let their babies sleep in a docatot, but you shouldn't and it's dangerous. So it's like, okay, you can't let your baby sleep in it and they can't be on their tummies on it. So you're spending $200 to lie your baby down on their back. And I was like, but I've got a play mat or I've got a sofa or I've got a floor I've got a crib or I've got a bassinet or if I need to park the baby someplace, they can have a bouncy chair where they're sitting up. I don't know what purpose a docatot serves exactly. So yeah, total waste of money. Don't get it. Never found it helpful. Sorry, docatot. Um, final word on clothes. Um, I know I won't ever convince anybody to not buy the adorable clothes because it is really fun to buy adorable clothes for the baby. But at least listen to this piece of of advice. Do not get any clothes that have snaps. (laughs) Those like little onesies that you put babies in that have the feet and you zip them up in it. That's the key word, zip. Like you do not want to have to in the middle of the night, again, when you are just so exhausted, have to fumble with 18 teeny tiny snaps in the dark with a baby that's squirming. It's, It's ridiculous. So uh, just only buy things that have zippers. No snaps, no buttons, just zippers. Like, I promise you, you will be so grateful you listen to this podcast if this is the only piece of advice you listen. Zippers only. 
So there you go. That is my primer on what to look for when buying baby items and the essentials and what not to waste your money on. So as always, if you have questions or comments, please shoot them my way, elizabeth.friedland at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at efriedland, and we will be back next time with some Q&A. Thanks for listening.